This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Very serious. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of Manhattan. My name is Christopher Patrick Flanner. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Anthony Noe. Hi, everybody. I just want to uh, take a break from the opening to let everybody know that we have a best special guest present here at the podcast. And yes, it is Senator John McCain. I just want Mr. McCain to know that my feelings and prayers are out with him, and I need to ask Senator John one question. Are I you ready? I cannot believe that you're starting this way. No, we're not doing this. You didn't even talk about this before we started the no, show. No, just, just we're roll with it. We're also joined by Matt Weiss. Hi, Matt. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that he did this right After off the top very of the show? strange start. <laughs> we're already in a different location, then he's got to throw me off even further. Just we're going to talk about McCain in a few minutes. You can't wait? No. I he's th- a sick man. Just yeah, him, I know he's a sick man, but I need to ask him a question. For, for Mr. Second. McCain. God damn it. Do you have telekinesis now? Joey, I don't think my illness is anything that should be made fun of. And even in my weakened condition, I could still beat the living shit out of you. And you should watch it, you stupid jerk. Okay. Thank you, Mr. McCain. Yeah, we're going to talk about it in a minute. Apologies to the McCain family. Uh, <laughs> Joey, so disrespectful right off the top. Most insensitive podcast for uh, the McCain family right now. We're going on that. On that. Even though John McCain is a huge loser that got captured in Vietnam, I still wish him well. Okay? I prefer my senators to not get cancer, oh. but oh, it's amazing to me that Trump would do that it would go after mccain for getting captured in vietnam and then you know the other day posts like get well soon like he's such a piece of shit he he shouldn't have said anything well I'll be honest with you cancer really is the great equalizer it doesn't give a shit who you are i think aliens are the great equalizer but um well we might as well talk about mccain now joey way to fucking disrupt the entire goddamn show let me say this yeah let me say this we'll get we'll go back to mccain in one second i we're we're gonna talk about john mccain we have a Trump Care update. We have something about Jamie Dimon that I found extremely interesting. We also have something that pisses me off about food stamps Ooh. and Walmart and corporate welfare. Uh, we're also talking about HBO, and then we have a Trump odds and ends, plus we got some emails at the end of the program. First, I was going to start with the follow-up that we had, but okay, we're talking about John McCain. The 80-year-old Arizona senator has been diagnosed with an aggressive form of brain cancer, he is going to be undergoing treatment at the Mayo Clinic, and I have a, um, you know, a statement from McCain's office. But Joey, you seem very interested and excited to talk about this. Why, why don't you let me know your thoughts? Um, honestly, I was just trying to be a dick with the whole telekinesis thing. Yeah, why would I, you? I don't understand. It, wor- well, it worked, because, Joey. Yeah. Because in a lot of movies, uh-huh. when someone gets like superhuman powers or gets a special ability or can manipulate time, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, they get a terminal illness. What yeah, they have a tumor. About? Yeah, but this is a different story. And then can go out and cop, you have it's not a tumor. Right, I, I don't know. I don't know what. You came in hot today, and I don't like it. 
This is the statement from the McCain office. He said, Senator McCain appreciates the outpouring of support he has received over the last few days. He's in good spirits as he continues to recover at home with his family in Arizona. He is grateful to the doctors and staff at the Mayo Clinic for their outstanding care and is confident that any future treatment will be effective. So we'll see what happens. And obviously we wish him well. The You know, a guy that, you know, has been a public servant for decades. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, let's not... Like lately, I've been frustrated with him because he keeps talking a lot and doesn't actually take action against Trump. Yeah. But ultimately, look back to 2008 when he was deba- uh, debating with Obama. There's clips of people calling Obama an Arab at a debate. And it's like I can't trust an Arab. And no, McCain said no. That's not true. He would be a very trustworthy president. He's a very good man. I just disagree with him. He was a respectable person. He still is. So, like he, he for years he tried to be beyond just the partisan hackery. Yeah. And now I just wish. I, my only complaint about him is, is he picked Sarah Palin that he's doing he's not doing enough right now, but you don't wish this upon anyone. No. Well, and I'll tell you what. I mean, it's not. It's just a you know a coincidence. But the guy gets had the surgery, gets sick. It's like he is delaying <laughs> the vote on health care, which we're going to get into in a little while. So that's actually just an inadvertent. Not you know not that he's like oh good I hope I get cancer so I can stop this vote, but that is an inadvertent thing that's happened because of it. But listen, I don't have too much to say about it. Obviously, you feel bad for the guy. You hope that everything works out, and you would assume as as who he is, he's probably going to get like world class treatment. So we'll see. It, you know what happens. As should every American be entitled to the same treatment though, and that should raise questions. Well, yeah. Well, sure. I mean, and that well, that's why I had it set up the way I did because I was going to do the follow-up McCain, and then we're going to talk about healthcare. But you kind of threw things into disarray. But that's oh, fine. That's so, what you're so, here for. So it does. It does seem surprisingly Ted Kennedy-esque. I mean, let, let's not forget that Ted Kennedy, for, former, like he was so close to the presidency at one point in his career, becomes an old senator, old one of the oldest people in the Senate, and then gets a brain tumor and odd parallels. Just, just an yeah, odd, an yeah. Odd well, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens to uh, Senator McCain, and we wish him well. Um, the thing that I wanted to start with, the mm-hmm. follow-up, and Matt, you're going to have to fill me in on this. What what was my point about this? <laughs> Just keep this in mind. The the It's about this woman, Desiree Firuz, who is a part of Code Pink, the protester group or whatever, the organization. She, The D.C. Superior Court uh, Judge Robert E. Marin has thrown out the guilty verdict for disorderly and disruptive conduct that she received for laughing during the... Uh, then Attorney General nominee Jeff Sessions confirmation hearing, which we talked about at the time. What was I saying? Why am I following up on this? So uh, you, uh, it was one of these, th- these things that I brought up in the like brought up during the podcast. You hadn't looked into it, and you just told me, "Oh, keep like okay, it's your job to follow up on this." Right. Yeah. So her conviction has been thrown out, but she's like they sent it back to a lower court saying, "Okay, here's a you can retry it if you want," because the appeals judge said. The argument that they used just wasn't legal, right? The argument the prosecution used that the laugh itself was un- was the the issue was not approved by the court. So therefore, they're saying, okay, you can make the argument that what she was saying while she was getting arrested was the, disrupt- the disturbance, right? But not the laughter itself. Well, it wasn't the argument at the time, though. Like, you know, people obviously you don't want to see this happen, but I think pretty much at the time it was like, of course, this is going to get thrown out. Not that it's good, but it's not. You know, well, it wasn't clear it was going to get thrown out. She got convicted. Yeah, she yeah, won. but you figured. I, I mean, figured. Anyway. And well, the question now becomes: Will they re- tr- retry the case? In which case, nah. you have Jeff Sef- Jeff Sessions trying to get a per- uh, prosecute for a personal grudge. Using, yeah, I don't think like, that's going to happen. But I mean, let's hope it doesn't. All right. Well, you got to stay on it. Now. You just gave yourself more homework. There you go. 
Um, Joey, thoughts on this? Anything? Well, the thing that I'm having a little trouble with with this is the fact that the rookie officer never formally arrested her. So they didn't follow the true protocol of the steps to even have her be indicted and then tried. And well, what this. steps were skipped? He never arrested her, technically. She was never read her rights oh, and okay. all that shit. Right. So well, if you don't, shit, yeah. yeah, if you don't follow the steps, then how can you go to step two if you never did step one? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, sure, but that's something that I think it's violated probably more than we want to acknowledge in this country, right? I mean, where people aren't, where the procedure is not followed according to plan. Um, all right, but anyway, so we stay on top of that. That was just a quick follow-up. Now, wanted to get into briefly the Trump care um, situation where it stands because the last couple of weeks, I mean, more than the last couple of weeks, they've been talking about trying to bring a bill to the floor. It's extraordinarily unpopular. The Republicans wrote the bill completely behind closed doors and then we're just going to kind of spring it on everybody. The problem is CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, which, God damn it, is a nonpartisan and has always been acknowledged as a nonpartisan organization and just a, uh, uh, you know, a... a sort of a referee in the whole thing. They look at the bill and they score it. They don't have a, um, an agenda one way or another. Just a group of accountants. Yeah, and, you know, which is now, obviously, of course, because everything in, in politics today, and especially in Trump world, becomes politicized. Um, the CBO, of course, scores these bills, and that, that becomes the issue for Republicans because no matter how secretive they are in writing it, eventually what it's going to cost and how much damage it's going to create comes out. The Senate Republicans, led by Mitch McConnell, have not been able to repeal and replace Obamacare, unable to get a vote due to lack of support. So now the plan is, seemingly at Trump's behest, uh, to just try and repeal, not replace. Well, according to the CBO, as I mentioned, repeal without replace would result in 32 million people losing insurance over 10 years, also, average premiums would increase by 25% by 2018, 50% by 2020, and 100% by 2026, oh. which is just staggering even in comparison to repeal and replace, which would have only dropped you know, 23 million people. Most of the effects, by the way, let me just say this because mm -hmm. these sneaky fucks, most of the effects wouldn't take place until 2020. Obviously, premiums, if they increased, yeah. would... would but a lot of the effects they would put in place would not take effect. Uh, a lot of the provisions they would put in place would not take effect till 2020, which is a very sneaky move because then you completely bypass the next election. People wouldn't be feeling the pain until the next time, you know, either Trump got reelected or somebody else took office. And if it was a Democrat, then I think people would probably tend to blame the Democrat for things happening in 2020 as opposed to realizing that it's sort of a delayed effect passage on the Republicans' part, which is sneaky, but actually. You know, it's cowardly and, and terrible, but it's a kind of a smart political play on their part. But you're using a lot of words to describe Republicans frequently. Yeah, well, the whole thing is, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, I feel like we've been having this conversation a lot lately. Do you want to win? Or do you want to do things, quote, correctly? Because we're seeing that there really is no right or wrong way to do anything. Because Trump should not have become the, should not have become president to begin with. Uh, just based on every metric and rubric that everybody's ever used to measure this stuff, but he did become president. The Republicans are sneaky, and they are cowardly. And let me tell you something, Democrats are cowardly as well. Uh, they're just not as good at it. And 
you know what what really are the rules that need to govern this as a you know inst- other than if you ran on something can you get it passed that's really what they're running on they can't obviously but they're trying everything they can i mean i think you can just say congressman is a coward congressmen are cowards in general yeah i mean the senate more I, what i mean by cowardly is that it's it's they they're not really willing to put their names on the thing that they've been running on for 7 years and they don't want to face know. the voters they don't right. i mean they're running away from actual meeting actually meeting their constituents right now that's yeah. a f- something we're seeing all the time they won't talk to their yeah, constituents because that's not their constituents though we talk about that i'm guaranteed they're having meetings with you know ceos and different people like that yeah. you know lobbyists whatever mm-hmm. i'm sure they're meeting with them see my question is from what i understand so it won't take effect to 2020 so percentages of it Premiums, like I said, so my question up. is, if they leave Obamacare alone, what happens in 2020? Is there something that was no. written into the bill that the Democrats know about that they haven't shed light on? And maybe that's why there's such a No, they'd have to get frenzy? something passed for something to happen. The problem for them is they've had the narrative of Obamacare. Trump, Obamacare is failing. Let it die. It's not. That's the problem. It's dying in states where conservative, excuse me, conservative governors don't want to put in Medicare uh, Medicaid provisions and don't want to, to use the provisions put in place by Obamacare to actually make it work in the state-run um, marketplaces. In states where they're actually investing into it, it's working very well, and actually later we have some polling data that I want to get into, but 50% of people right now when they're polled want Obamacare as opposed to anything the Republicans are putting out. I think it's 24% and then 13% say neither, because. but whatever. Those people can go well, slam their heads in a door. It doesn't matter. And, and probably the best ad campaign for Obamacare itself is has been this Republican repeal effort as people realize, oh, there isn't anything better than what we have right now. Like, right. We need, like, the next step is single payer, but we're not there yet. People are realizing, oh, shit, we don't want to lose all these benefits that we finally got. Yeah. I like these. Well, right. And people, t- you know, it, it's often referred to, you, I like to refer to as a benefit or whatever, but people refer to it as an entitlement. Democrats, and the problem with Democrats is that they run away from what they should be standing for. They should be out there constantly beating the drum on single payer. They should be talking about Medicare for all. And instead of referring to it as an entitlement, um, they should just refer to it as a right and start referring to it as what it really is. People um, are entitled as human beings to have proper care, especially in the greatest country on earth. That's what the Democrats should be talking about. They don't do themselves any favors um, well, you know, by not talking about these things. And they also just assume that because the Republican bill is unpopular, that's enough. But the Democrats, like I've been saying, need to be promoting their own ideas and their own philosophy because you can't run, and the polling data I have later is really fascinating. You you can't just expect that being against Trump or being against what the other party is doing is going to be enough. It's simply not. So here's a question for you. Sure, me personally? Yes. So... No one likes this repeal and replace Obamacare, but there's a ma- or just repeal. Oh, repeal! So there's a magic number that comes up, and I'm gonna place it upon Senior Lindsey Graham, 110 billion. And I just, I just want to send my deepest condolences to the family, John McCain, one of my best friends in the world, and uh, I just want to remember that we got to protect these little babies uh, from. Abortion, which is a scourge, and anyway, good luck, John. You're you're tough. So, if we took the 110 billion dollars that whatever is the magical figure he came up with, yeah, who 
Lindsey Graham. Okay. He wants to take the 110 and instead of have the federal government do through subsidies, do it through the states. Is that a plausible solution? Well, I don't know what the 110 you're referring to is, but a lot of this stuff is through the states. It is on the states to decide whether they're going to buy into the marketplaces. They're going to, you know, actually enact the provisions that were provided by the uh, Affordable Care Act. That's the only reason that any of it, I mean, listen, not a perfect thing, not something that I preferred. I prefer single payer for sure. Um, but it can work. You just have to be, you have to just be willing to be a part of that, take some money from the federal government and really work it out in your own states they're not doing that in certain conservative states, and that's why if something is going to fail, the marketplaces aren't working. That That is why. Mm-hmm. Generally, though, the idea um, does work. And McCain, uh, not McCain, uh, Lindsey Graham, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but he wants to take $110 billion and what? Divvy it up between all the states? That is the figure he believes that Obamacare is, uh, I guess, subsidizing. Okay. So... Like how, like you, the federal government. Yeah, the federal government it. is spending 110 billion dollars. Okay, so instead Which, of that's having not the, that bad. Uh, but go ahead. Where the well, then the argument becomes: if it's 110, and you have what 24 million people without insurance right now, how many people right now don't have insurance? No, 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 no. It'd be tw- it'd be that many millions if they repeal this and replace it with their plan. Yes, they're, they're so there will be 110 billion. Dollars that would be freed up if they repealed it, then I guess. And what he wants to give it to the states to yes. do what with that to to distribute it through the the health market through like healthcare credits or something like yes. that. The problem with healthcare credits that I think is silly, and you heard it all throughout the Republican primary process. With they're like, well, we'll just give people five thousand dollars a year for health insurance. You know, as like a health insurance credit, they can use it. They mm-hmm. can spend it wherever they want. Yeah, that's all well and good if you don't have any medical bills. If you say you have a, a bad act, you get in a bad car accident, you have to have a surgery. Like, it's going to exceed that. What about a kid that's born with some kind of pre existing condition? He'd be out of that in three days. It's a couple, of, it's a few days in a hospital. Well, and also, let's not forget that when we're talking about privatizing Medicare, we're trying to, oh, we need to privatize all this. They keep saying, oh, we'll give out vouchers. Right. But. The vouchers aren't going to keep up with the actual growth of premiums. They're not going to no. keep up with the actual growth of costs. Of course. So that's why the current system actually ties it to the, like it actually ties it to what you're getting, the costs. This system is just okay. We get this 180 billion, and it'll fix it. It'll do something for five years. Right. Well, in a because in a voucher system, if you know that everybody that is going to like as a health insurance company, if you know that everybody has five thousand dollars already to spend, you already count that as part of your profit mark, right? You just raise the prices. To, oh. to include that, so it's like you're, you know you can yeah. suck that five thousand out of people's pockets, and then they have to pay more anyway. That that's all it does. It just it's the same argument that people make with um, raising the minimum wage. They go, okay, you're going to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars, so we're just going to raise the price of goods, or we'll fire some people, and that's yeah. how we'll balance it out. We're going to get into something very interesting, like I said about corporate welfare later in the show. But it's this, kind of the same idea, which I don't agree that that's necessarily what would happen with. But raise the minimum wage, but it, it but it is that similar idea where if you just give people, you know, here here's a coupon, here's a here's a fucking doctor coupon, the doctors know that the health insurance companies know that, so they're just going to raise their prices accordingly. They'll take it and say, oh, you still owe me this this much money, right? If that. something that used to cost thousand dollars now it costs two, you know what I mean? They just raise the price of stuff. Um, in any event, let's keep our eye on it. Now the, it seems like the vote is just kind of delayed. Um, well, they, they just don't have the votes. Yeah, they can't get it, the, the it's votes. It's falling apart. It's politically 
cancerous because people like senators like Murkowski and Collins are just like, why would why would they vote for this? Right, it's toxic. There's no reason to put their names on it, and also there's no reason to actually call to a vote because then you have people on record as voting for something that is toxic, even if it's not <laughs> going to pass. It just doesn't make sense to do that. So it doesn't really seem like they have a strategy. It seems like it's probably just going to die away the same way that it did. You know, most of what Trump has tried to do. Um, we'll keep our eye on it, and and really as long as. McCain is out. It seems like they're kind of delaying as well. They're just using that as an excuse. Well, I mean, he's, he's another vote they don't have. So right. So, but I don't know why they would. Right. So who knows why they'd be delaying? But in any event, so because there's no way they, there's no way they can get there without him. Right. And they're obviously not going to have a chance to 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 deal with him right now as he's you know he's sick. So, all right, we keep our eye on it. That's the little Trump care update. And um, you know, Democrats. Get your shit together. Yeah, start talking single payer. And it's out there. I mean, Elizabeth Warren has said it here and there. But you really don't see Democrats out there just kind of beating the drum of like, this is why. Because the Democrats are afraid. I'll credit Republicans. Here, I'll give the Republicans credit. They're not afraid to do this, right? They're not afraid to go out fucking swinging and look like dickheads because everybody thinks they're dickheads to begin with. So they go out, they say a bunch of crazy shit. They, they, Paul Ryan's out there. Well, we're not going to force people to buy into health. Yeah, okay. They're not afraid to do it. Democrats seem seem to feel like they're in a good position here because as long as the Republicans are out there looking stupid and we don't say anything, that makes us look good by comparison. It doesn't. It doesn't look like that. You need to take a swing. You need to go out there and start talking about single payer. Have that conversation. This is the time. Force them into a comparison scenario. Be like, they want to take Medicaid away. They want to cut a bunch of programs. We want to give it to you. We want everybody to be covered in the greatest country on earth. That's what we want. That's what we stand for. Maybe the Republicans should get out of our way or come to the table and talk to us and maybe we can get a real deal. This is where you negotiate because I've said it before. I really do think Trump, if you spent time talking to Trump, I think you could get him to a, a more liberal position because I don't think he's married to any ideology. He just wants to win. He said he, in the past, he supports single payer. He's yeah. said that in the past. He just, his opinion changes so quickly that it's whoever has ear, whoever has ear. And right now, right. There's this fight over. Well, who nobody has, has his ear. It seems like on yeah. the Republican side. I mean, it's like McConnell supposedly does, and Bannon and all them. But it's people. Yeah, but fight. Bannon, that's fine. But that's a different no, our argument. As far as like legislators, there's nobody that really it, has it's just his people ear. People fighting over who can control the puppet. Right. So get in there. The Democrats should be at the White House. And, Why wouldn't they be? And right now, I keep reading all these uh, articles from people saying they're leaving the Republican Party because it used to be the the party of ideas. Now it's just become a reactionary party that just yeah, well, says no to sense. Democrats. It was only just a party of ideas. I mean. But right now, the Dem- it's time for the Democrats to prove, yes, we're the party of actual ideas. Yeah, neither party is, though, at this point. I, I agree but, with you. But I'm sa- what I'm saying is, okay, that's what Bernie Sanders represents. But they, yeah, but they don't have to come up with any new ideas. The ideas are there. It's like yeah. just uh, use single payer as the thing that you want to promote. I was also going to make another point, but I think I've since forgotten it. Hmm. I don't know. I guess it's gone. Joe, you got any final thoughts on this? Yeah, it's just, you know what? They got to play ball. You know, they need they need a shining star like when Obama gave that speech and everybody looked to him and said, "That's our man." Yeah, but I, it's, it's not that complicated, man. the 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 point is, it's like there already is an appetite for single payer, especially in comparison to what the Republicans are trying to pass. Just get out there. Like, what do you have to lose? You've lost so many governorships. You don't control you lost so many seats. Any three body, you know, any three parts of the uh, the the executive. Or the you know you don't control Congress, so what do you have to lose other than 
nothing because you don't really have anything at this point anyway. Put Bernie Sanders out there. Get Elizabeth Warren out there. Get fucking Cory Booker out there. You got to put faces out there talking about all on the same page about single-payer health care and Medicare for all. That's obviously the only way it's going to go. Um, and again, I think Trump... Oh, that was the point I was going to make. I think Trump is open to the possibility of talking to Democrats. Again, the guy just likes to win if you can get him to a point. He's not married to any ideology in particular. We know that. The problem is the Democrats have spent so much time beating the drum of like, he's a, he's a, an illegitimate president. He's not my president. He, he rapes women. He's fucking... He's in bed with Russia. How could they possibly work with him now? They put it because then it's like, oh, now we're just colluding with the guy that colluded with Russia. <laughs> right. That's what can make you look bad. <laughs> but that's a bad situation to be in where they literally can't work with the sitting president. They just can't. Even if it was possible, which I think it is to actually get something done with them. They probably can't at this point. But well, God, I think that's sort of a moot point anyways, because the way that Congress runs and the way that this Republican held Congress and Senate run, they won't actually pass a bill unless they have the majority of Republicans support it. So that that's an informal rule that they actually use the Hastert rule, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I think so. No, no Democrat supported bill is go, is going to get through the through Congress. Yeah, it's that simple. Right, but it'd be an interesting storyline at least if the president was willing to play ball with the Democrats. Okay. Makes him look like a good guy too. Well, it makes them both look like a good guy, which again is also part of the, the reason why they probably won't do it because in the current political climate, the only way seemingly to succeed is to make the other side seem completely fucking crazy and they can't get anything done. You don't want to give Trump a political victory, but in the long term, what do you really stand for? Do you really want them to repeal Obamacare? 30 million people are going to lose their insurance. Premiums are going to skyrocket. You know, people are just going to drop out of these marketplaces. Would you rather give Trump maybe a small win, but actually keep that from happening, or are you just content and to let this And prove that happen? we're the party of governing, that we're going to come right. out and actually get things done. Yeah, we're still going to keep this investigation going. We're still concerned about all this. But let's actually say we, we need to keep the ship running while this is going on. Right. Well, we've talked about this, though. That, that's the other thing. It, it behooves the Democrats to shut up about the Russia thing for a while. There is an actual investigation going on. Trump Jr. is going to go testify under oath. Uh, Manafort, Kushner, right? They're all going to testify. You don't have to keep talking about it. Mueller's doing his thing. Let it play out. Because when something does come out, then it becomes all the more impactful. When you keep talking about it every day, people just go, yeah, I don't know, just... Shut and up. It, it seems like bullshit. It leads to fatigue and it just... Which I, mean, I don't think it is bullshit. I think there's definitely some shit no, going I on. No, I mean, there's... <laughs> if you, at this point, if you don't think that there's something funky going on with Russia, you're either so biased or you're not paying attention. Yeah, 100%. So that's... Right. Um, it's, it's shocking how many people that, act, that actually believe that there is nothing going on. It's like... Yeah, but those are the people, right, that you that by just keep... That's almost an obstinance at a certain point where they go, well, they had it out for Trump right from the beginning and blah, 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 which is true. You can't argue that. We talked about it. Don't be hyperbolic, all this stuff. People throwing around treason and this shit and that shit. Just wait. If it's treason... Let me tell you something, though. If it was treason, you'd fucking know it was treason already. It wouldn't be somewhere you had to convince people. Like, listen, I mean, I can make a case for... You'd know when you see it. Well... It it's, it's certainly not treason at this right. point. Just well, it just legally can't be because they're not technically the enemy. We talked about yeah. it just by the wording of it. They're, Russia's not an enemy. I mean, the, We're the, not at war with Russia. The, the, the only way it would be treason if, it's, if in some way we were aiding ISIS well, through, through Russia. And I would never, ever do that. ISIS is a scourge. They're losers, okay? We're going to destroy them. I mean, look what I did to them in Mosul, Joe. It was unbelievable. He dropped a big bomb on them. I did. I clotheslined them like CNN. That's me. That's Big Don. That's what I've heard of myself as, Big Dan. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's talk about this Jamie Dimon situation. This son of a bitch. 
I'm confused by this. This is like when a dog watches television, like when Lassie's on and the dog tilts its head. I don't, I don't know what to make of this whole situation because I want to dislike Jamie Dimon, and I have in the past. But this quote he puts out, I don't know how to take it. We're going to have a conversation about it. Jamie Dimon, let's give a little background on this guy. He's the J.P. Morgan Chase CEO. He's been there for a long time. He made $28 million last year in salary. Which That's is, nice. Which is almost as much as Steph Curry. Uh, and I, I would say that Steph Curry is more valuable to us than Jamie Dimon, but okay. I don't watch basketball. I don't really care. But but if, G- but if Steph Curry can keep making that salary and he's 61 years old, I'd be really impressed. I'd be very impressed. J.P. Morgan Chase made $7 billion in profit uh, this so far. This year, so question, which is plus thirteen percent over two thousand sixteen, and has made twenty six point five billion dollars in twelve months, which is a U.S. record for banks. So that record means, that means they covered everything, paid for everyone's job, paid themselves, did everything they needed to do, kept the books even, and on top of that, made seven billion dollars. Yeah, That's yeah. Well, I said they made twenty seven, you know, almost twenty seven billion dollars in twelve months, which was a record. Jamie Dimon was at, I guess it was an earnings call. Like they have, you have a call with the media, whatever. And he went off on this fucking rant that I'm going to read right now. Okay. I'm going to be a broken record until this gets done. We are unable to build bridges. We're unable to build airports or industries. School kids are not graduating. I was just in France. I was recently in Argentina. I was in Israel. I was in Ireland. We met with the Prime Minister of India and China. It's amazing to me that every single one of those countries understands that practical policies that promote business and growth is good for, an average, uh, for the average citizens. Somehow, this great American free enterprise, we no longer get it. We have become one of the most bureaucratic, confusing, litigious societies on the planet. It's almost an embarrassment being an American citizen traveling around the world and listening to the stupid shit we have to deal with in this country. Now... My initial reaction to that is, hey, fuck you, Jamie Dimon, because your company, you personally made $28 million, Your company made $26 billion. You don't produce anything. You basically make that money by charging fees and having very low interest on all your bank accounts. Hmm. Fuck you, right? I mean, what, what, all you stand to gain is more money if companies that operate through you, start doing better business in this country. Does Jamie Dimon, can Jamie Dimon, can a guy making $28 million a year that works for a company that makes $27 billion a year, a bank, can he really care that much about the average American citizen? What, shit. Do, is he really saying that it's embarrassing to be an American citizen traveling around the world? Or is he saying it's embarrassing to be me traveling around because the I'm world? Because I'm not making enough money. Because I'm not making enough money. There's money left on the table. What, what are your thoughts about this? I think he he truly is sincere in saying this. Because the guy's apparently a staunch Democrat, which I don't even think you could be that staunch a Democrat making that a fucking amount of money. So, I mean, you're you, so out of touch. But you look back to the '90s Democrats of Bill Clinton, where there was like the de- when the Democrats were still repealing regulation, he was I'm sure he was all about that. When the, when I mean, sure. Bill Clinton signed the repeal of Glass Steagall, and I've known banker. There's two types of bankers in my view. There's the frat bro banker who is out there making. Well, a bunch Jamie Diamond's so beyond. No, no. Fr- yeah. well, I'm saying like there's the frat bro banker who just wants to make money to do coke, or there's the <laughs> ones who are actually, allegedly. I really educated, intelligent, incredibly intelligent people. I know a few of these. They're, and you actually sit down and talk to them, and they can, they're good to change your mind over, like it's good conversations, but. It really comes down to yes, he understands how the world works. He's going to take advantage of the system that is in place and he's unfortunately lobbying far too much to get make the the system beneficial for him to screw other people over but but at the same time 
you can only inflate the banking industry so much without having the other industries that, it, without having something real underneath it before the entire system collapses. And he realizes this. And he, yeah, he would love to fund infrastructure projects, but he knows the projects need to actually happen. Right. Like he wants to. I believe that he that he says all this. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, what is the underlying motive? I mean, listen. I mean, I guess the problem is when you got somebody that's in private business like this that makes so much money. Again, as a bank that doesn't really produce anything except fees. When he wants the government to invest in infrastructure or any of these pro- programs, it's creating a private sector growth it's not it's not uh he's not talking about it that he wants the government to invest money into that well, or that he wants the government to create more revenue to tax his bank or tax him more to spend that money he wants his bank industry right which is which is the issue right i mean that's what i take issue with i mean first of all i think just just saying that you can't give him credit because he makes a bunch of money i don't i don't know that's that i can't give him credit but also in a healthy economy a bank does serve a purpose you need if you the banking system allowed us to grow to where we were because you would have, without the lending of a bank you and credit, you would never be able to actually, you wouldn't get the capital to start a business. It does support a good capitalistic society. The problem then becomes, as, I mean, as you repeal the regulation, now we have, and when you repeal Glass-Steagall and you allow people to in, just go crazy with investment banking and make it, that the investment banking part and the actual, yeah, and the, CD, credit the line between community banking or personal banking and investment banking came down when Glass Steagall got removed. What I think the the main thing that I take umbrage with here is that he's perpetuating this false narrative that you know essentially he's promoting trickle down economics, where he's saying business and growth is good for the average citizen. Is it though? Because business, like I'm saying, business his business is doing better than ever. It's at a fucking record. Are people doing better than ever? No. They're, the income inequality in this country is the worst it's ever been. It's terrible as compared to the rest of the world. And you're seeing the, the, the ramifications of that. Jamie Dimon, maybe his intentions are good, but is he talking about regulation? Is he talking about bringing back Glass-Steagall? Because if he's talking about that, then fine. Then I, then I think it's totally fine if that's a part of the equation. If he's saying we need to put the walls back up between the amount of money that... because. All of it is predicated in the idea that these investment banks are using our money. They're not using their own money. If they were just using money that they made through all their crazy schemes and whatever, but when they collapse or they fuck up, it's not coming out of our pockets in some kind of bailout, then fine. But he's not out there. I don't see Jamie Dimon out there talking about too big to fail or any of that stuff. If that was part of the conversation, then fine. But it's not part of the conversation. He's just talking about, well, shit, I think there's money on the table, and we're not making it, and it's frustrating as shit... Because I see these people around the world that are able to make money, and we're not. Well, Meanwhile, they're making $27 billion a year. Well, I wish he qualified what he meant by stupid American shit. Well, I think he's just talking about... Is he talking about, like, Donald Trump in itself? Or is he talking about things that will happen in entertainment? Well, yeah, like, I think, what, he's, talking, I think, he, talking, I think he's talking about the gridlock that is caused, ironically, by companies and corporations that he, like his that fund both sides of the aisle, that are involved in the electoral process and have created a system that has just dumbed down the elector to a point where, you know, you end up with two, you know, shitty choices, essentially. One, obviously, clearly worse than the other. I'd rather it be Hillary Clinton, but that's the system you're in. See, because my, see, here's my thing. So you have a bank, the big bank, right, J.P. Morgan. So you know what? The public doesn't like 
the way they view us right now. So what if no? They, be more. What? Oh, oh, you're saying Chase doesn't? Yes. Yeah. That that a lot. The common citizen maybe doesn't trust the big banks anymore. Doesn't trust institutions in general. Everything. But yes. yes. All right. So what if they got out in front of it and said, you know what? We see that there's a few things we can do, and they actually use their own profits and put it. Because they can make money off their own profits by the own investments that they're making. Yeah, but I'm leery of that. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We talked about, you know, philanthropic ventures. It's good. You know, they fund the arts programs. But then it's bad because they're going to censor the arts programs. They don't let, you know. So that's the the same thing. It's like when you talk about banks investing into something, it's never an altruistic thing completely because they want the control. It's not like they're just like here – Here's a billion dollars. Do what you will with it. We don't want anything to do with it. No, it's going to be the chase, whatever, and they're going to have control over that situation. But the yeah. chase, what uh, George Washington Bridge. But at the same time, I mean, if you're depending on everything, to, all that sort of funding to come from the government, you're still going to get. Oh, you can't have any of that go to abortion funding. You can't have any of this go to, go to anything inappropriate. You can't right. do. So there's still. I mean, whoever funds anything always wants control over it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, which again is the argument that I think conservative people would make against the government. The the problem. With that argument is that theoretically we control the government once we get money yeah. out of the game. That that's the thing. We actually control democracy. I don't control shit that Chase does at no, all. Because the private, because it's a public. I mean, it's a public trade. Yeah, company. unless I'm gonna get on the board, which yeah. I don't think I'm gonna fucking be able to do that. I mean, and even then, I'd still need the votes. I've seen The Dark Knight. Shit happens, you know. <laughs> that, that was a pro- that was a true way. <laughs> that's really uh, the proper way to explain banking. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, Lucius uh, took over, but then the hot. But I mean, l- looking at this quote, it does seem he's talking about things like infrastructure, education. These are not increasing ban- the ba- uh, the banking sector. These are increasing construction jobs. These are in- improving education. I, these are common sense things that he's talking about. So, I think you have to it, this quote. He's going to take advantage of everything he can to make money for his shareholders, which I think we need to regulate that a lot more. I think we need to actually stop him from doing what he does, but that doesn't mean he can't also talk about the actual issues in America, which he's trying to do here. And yeah, I guess, but here, but here's the key words. Free enterprise, which is just code for, like, ca- runaway capitalism. I like, mean, that... No re- and then he also says bureaucratic, litigious. He's talking about no regulation. That's really what he's talking about. Yeah. He wants regulation off. Well, but he's also talking about yeah, yeah, yes. I right? You know he, what I mean? He's it's always like, he's always been anti anti regulation, but he's also so how could you really be a Democrat and anti regulation? Which is the argument uh, that a, I made about Hillary that's, too? Yeah, that's a Clinton Democrat. That's right. What, that's rich, rich Democrat. We it's fucking classist issues that we're dealing with as well. People want to talk about racism, absolutely systemic racism, all that. But it is a social and classist problem that we're facing right now because the difference between the wealthiest. And the even medium, you know, average person in this country is increasing that gap. And right, that's the problem. You got these corporate Democrats who, on one hand, talk about, you know, equality for everybody. And, you know, my LGBTQ. Yeah, of course. Meanwhile, she's giving speeches to Goldman Sachs. She's giving speeches to Like, that's the problem. That's the problem. They're Democrats who also are totally pro-corporate, which I think is a huge issue in this country. Not Bernie Sanders. That's really the truth. He just isn't. Well, yeah. Elizabeth Warren is not. 
ever since Reagan, the Republican Party ran far to the right, and the Democrats, in order to get votes, said, okay, we're going to run to the center, and now yep. we're finding we don't have an actual message that can get votes. Right. So You just dilute it to the point where you have yeah. nothing. So you, it's we like, okay, the, Republican, the Republicans have run so far right that they're absolutely insane, but we're just... Yeah, but you know what? Good for them. At least they're trying. At least they're trying to get something done. It's failing. People are rejecting that. What? But this is what I'm talking about. Give them a real option. If they're going to be 90 feet to the right... We got to be 90 feet to the left. That's what the reality is. Except I don't think they're actually trying to And I say get... we. I'm not part of the fucking Democratic Party, but... I, I don't think anyone's trying to get anything done. I think we're both trying to just not, not look stupid. We're saying... Stay in power. Yeah. It's very fun to be a senator, and I would imagine. Ultimately, that's probably what, that's what Diamond seems to be getting at. It's like, okay, we're just so bureaucratically bogged down. We're in such, so, there's so much intransigence. We can't do jack shit. Right. At least have progress of some sort. Yeah. Do something. Right. Like you're poking a dead body and just saying... Do something. Yeah. Do something. Uh, Joey, final thoughts on this? Then we have a sponsor. I'm not going to uh, lie to you. Uh, see, I feel there's something else that we're, we're overlooking with this. Because this is still the same man who had the opportunity to serve as Donald Trump's yeah, he's secretary. A Democrat. He's a Democrat. I didn't want to. First of all... But if he has an issue... Don't yell at me. With, if he has an issue with the way things are being run, what better position of power... Could you be in to directly affect it so your company, or unless you would have to give up our title to it, which you probably would. Yeah, right. You just make money. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. How much money does the Secretary of uh, the Treasury make? Uh, 50000 $28 million <laughs> plus his stock options, plus whatever. It's fucking awesome being Jamie Dimon, I'm sure. Plus, you probably have to sell your stock that you already have. Yeah. To- Actually, you don't. And little, <laughs> se- little secret. Fair point, you Chris. don't, but but so, and you hit a home run, bro. With that, thank in, you, Mr. Trump. In addition, no problem, he, Joe, you're in star. addition, he probably doesn't want to be tied to this administration, knowing that okay, right. he takes a job and then he's still beholden to this administration. He can't just go rogue and say I'm going to do what I want. Right. He still has to take orders. Oh, absolutely right. It's just politically, it doesn't make sense. Even if he was inclined to do it, he's not a Republican. But even if he was more, you know, like, well, I'll just do do the job. You don't want to be tied to this administration. What no. a, what a nightmare. I mean, this is this is a man who's been in private, private business his whole life. Why would he jump to jump to politics now? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because he's sick and tired of all these other countries. And wait till you retire. Hearing about stupid American he shit. He doesn't give a shit. He could be a cowboy. It's a, but but if he's worried about that, it's because at the fucking ten thousand dollar a plate dinners he's going to, they're like, what is going on over there? Like you guys and, are losers. You know, it's not about you. He doesn't give a shit that you're not making more money. Yeah, it really doesn't. Point. I mean, ju- you ju- might incidentally make more money, but that's not his major concern. And, no. and uh, he, he was going to be a treasury sec- secretary, right? Yeah, is I think he, so. So. Ultimately, what's he going to do there that's actually going to help out? He's going to f- adjust the interest rate slightly. Right. Not, I mean, not that I know. Right. Exactly Even practically, if he job. wanted to do it right, it's not going to do but much. He can't impose regulation. He can gr- maybe grease the wheels a little bit. He can help things out, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to improve regulation. No. He wants other parts of the government to work well. Right. Which no part of the government is working well right now. No. You don't even have the goddamn people uh, been appointed yet. So we're into what? Month seven? Yeah, but that's by design, though. They're not trying to get people appointed. They they're don't care. They don't tr- want the government to work. They're trying to break the government. Yeah, they've run, they've run on this for decades. That's what they talk about. I would love to... Whoever said it, is it Grover Nor- Norquist oh, God, or whatever? Grover Norquist. Where he wants oh, the government to be uh, small enough to drown in a bathtub or whatever. Yeah. Oh, like, my God. That's reality. That's literally what their policy is. So don't be surprised when that's what they actually try to enact when they get 
total power, which we've given them. Oh, God. It's been so long since I heard the name Grover Norquist, and I fucking hate that man. You know how, what it's been a long time since I've heard the name of? Blue Apron. <laughs> Talk about a goddamn... Woo! Segway King. All right, Joey. Yes. We're sponsored by Blue Apron today. And Matt. I don't know why I singled just Joey out. Blue Apron, as you all know, is the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in these United States. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. For the Samsonites that don't know, me and my lovely wife have just purchased a home. We're going to be cooking a lot more. Nice. We're going to have the space. We're going to have the nice kitchen out in the suburbs. I'm going to be using the Blue Apron. I'll tell you that. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably. Seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for. A recipe, they are reducing food waste, which is a very big deal. Let me tell you this. These are some of the featured upcoming meals. You ready for this shit? Yes, I am. Tell me. Seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That sounds great. Sweet peppers. You go out in the yard, you got a picnic table, you throw a nice red and white checkered tablecloth on there. Oof, that's a nice dinner. Creamy shrimp roll, creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles. I don't know what quick pickles are, but I bet they're delicious. And sweet potato wedges, of course. I realize sweet potato wedges. Uh, it's gonna be two dollars more for the sweet potato fries. Yeah, not I you. Get it's not. It. Just do it. <laughs> they're good. Fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and Cubanal pepper. Delicious. Chile butter steaks. With Parmesan potatoes and spinach, oh, that's God. my favorite one on that list. That sounds really good. Joey, if that is wetting people's appetite and they'd like to try Blue Apron, what's the deal? What do we got for them? You check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. Free? Yep. With free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Samson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Samson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Try it out, Samsonites. It lets them know that you guys are listening. It lets uh, us know that you support the program. We'd really appreciate it. All right, we're ready to get... Thank you to Blue Apron. We appreciate the support. Are we ready to get on with the rest of the program here? Yes, we are. Now, this one... I kind of had bookmarked for a couple of weeks, and I've been like waiting for the right spot for it, and I feel like this is the right spot. If you're hearing this right now, this is the time and place for this story that I want to talk about. Corporate Responsibility and Taxpayer Protection Act. Ooh. A bill by California Representative Ro Khanna, who's a Democrat, and nine co-sponsors. Uh, what the hell word is this? Oh, what? <laughs> Can read my own handwriting. Would levy a fee equivalent to the public assistance a company's employees are eligible to receive? Now, what does that mean? If you're Walmart, for example, in 2013, Walmart cost taxpayers $6.2 billion. How did they do that? Well, Walmart's employing, let's say, a million and a half employees. Okay. Of those million and a half employees, a certain percentage of them don't get paid enough even though they're working maybe 35 hours a week, whatever, they're not getting paid enough money to actually take care of themselves fully. 
So they have to go on some kind of public assistance, be it food stamps, housing, welfare, costs. housing, whatever it is, right? So in not paying their employees enough, even though Walgreens, uh, well, excuse me, Walmart makes billions of dollars a year in profit, they're not paying their employees enough. So the burden then, which is in this essentially corporate welfare, comes back onto the taxpayer because we're funding these social welfare programs. And there you go. So that's the situation. Taxpayers overall in 2015. Oh, so anyway, so the bill that they're putting forth, say Walgreens, or Jesus, I keep saying Walgreens, Walmart. That's two. One more, you get three strikes. <laughs> what happens when you get three strikes, Chris? I have to. Uh, you get bent uh, over a table by Walgreens. Get itself. hit by a car. Uh, oh. The, what? On the corner of happy and healthy. <laughs> That's where I get hit by that car. <laughs> uh, um, basically, with this bill, which has no chance of passing, but I love the idea. If Walmart is costing you $6 billion, costing taxpayers $6 billion, they'd be fined $6 billion, which would be you know, a way of saying, listen, if you're not going to pay your employees this amount of money. The government's know, not going to. The government, well, we're going to shell it out, but you're going to get fined that, and we're going to take that money back from you. Because the reason that the government has to ship it out and taxpayers have to ship it out is because Walmart is not... Um, you know, being responsible in how much they're paying their employees. And maybe the amount of money that they make, the amount of revenue that they clear, isn't the amount of money that realistically they should be making because the workers are worth more than they're paying them. I mean, I still have some issues with this bill because I'd rather raise the minimum wage so go the money goes straight to the employees rather than going to the government and then maybe trickling down to, or maybe not trickling down to them. That $6 billion isn't, that goes to the government isn't helping the employees. I mean, well, it's helping the right. It's not, but it's helping the taxpayer. So you know, that's why don't we just raise about. the minimum wage to a livable wage? Right. Well, yeah, because they just because they make the same argument. Because then Walmart's like, well, we got to fire a bunch of people. Okay, so that's going to be inevitable, anyways. Bro, automation right. is coming for these jobs, anyways. So uh, there comes a point where I'm just like, when are we going to force the issue and see what happens? I hear that. Ta at some point, it's going to happen. Taxpayers overall in 2015 shelled out 152.8 billion dollars subsidizing essentially giant corporations that are making billions on their own. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. Walmart disclosed in the past that it receives 18 or around 18% of total food stamp spending. So Walmart oh, they doesn't, twice. doesn't pay its employees enough that they can live on, so they have to go to the government to get, say, food stamps so they can feed their family. But the money goes back to them. It goes back to Walmart because those people live in places where that's where they shop. So, <laughs> so Walmart's double dipping, essentially. They're getting money back for money that they refuse to spend on their employees that the taxpayer is subsidizing. What a bankrupt, terrible system this is. And why, why is there no appetite to force Walmart to pay people a livable wage? Why is there no... Uh, like, I don't understand how that argument doesn't make sense to people. Well, well, let's not ignore that there are states right now that are lowering the minimum wage. Right. They're lowering it, saying, oh... This is regulation. This is government oversight that's just not allowed. We need to. Right. The problem is the living wage is the minimum wage Joe, is get too the high. Mike away from your mouth like that. Sorry, bro. <sighs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's just mind blowing to me. People go, well, oh man, they're gonna have to close some WalMarts. They're gonna have to employ less people. Yeah, because they grew to a point that they shouldn't have grown to because they're not even taking care of the people that they're they're employing. The, so what difference does it make? The implementation of a minimum wage was one of the greatest things for the economy in this country. It allowed the people who were building the building Fords back in the day to actually be able to buy a Ford, which boosted the economy. It, right. It, right now, it's literally the opposite. They work for the company 
And then they have to go get food stamps, and then they give that money back to the company as opposed to the company investing in them Which or giving it's, them it's the just, ability. It's sort of becoming one of the, like I know like mining companies used to have like oh you can buy company company or you get paid in company script you get paid in company script that be that was ruled unconstitutional. This is a different way of doing it. But I mean ultimately the problem becomes if you don't eventually raise minimum wage, if you don't pay a, a livable wage to these people, the economy cannot be supported just by the rich make, getting richer. Well, right. That's my, that's why I, I thought it was a good time to have both of these stories in the same thing. Yeah. Jamie Dimon, as you know, you could take it as altruistically or whatever as you want. He's not trying to solve this problem, and this is the problem. This is a huge fucking problem. You want to free up uh, tax revenue. You want to free up, uh, you, you know, cut the deficit. This is how you do it. Stop shelling out fucking cash, and you want to cut taxes on people. This is how you do it. I mean, I stop requiring us. Also, let me say that I know it's like a little bit maybe off topic or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it, it ties up into the same argument about, about health care and, you know, being a part of a country. We are already taking care of other people in this country indirectly through these social welfare programs caused by, you know, corporate irresponsibility, not paying their workers enough. It's the same thing with with uh, health insurance. You're subsidizing people's trips to the emergency room. That's what it is. You're, you're, we're paying for this anyway. Why not actually have a program in place that makes sense, that is more transparent, and that we all have a say over because it's run by the government? And Same thing in this case. You're yeah. already paying for people. Pay a little more. Pay an extra 40 cents for your, your Coke or your Pepsi. That's going to go to the pocket of a worker so it doesn't just come out of your pocket later on down the and road. If you pay the extra 40 cents, everyone, everyone goes up a little bit. Right, and it actually improves the economy then. Yeah. So what so is everybody complaining about? So your wages go up because there's more money getting circulated. Right, right. It just, it just boggles my mind that and that's not... Well, uh, well, when you, but where are the Democrats on this? That good. Ro Khanna in California is doing a good job. Where... Where is anybody talking about this on the Democratic side? They're other not. Than, right, uh, other than during a campaign, which I well, think... Well, because you also have to keep in mind that this would affect a lot of companies that throw money at re-election campaigns. Well, sure, and also, you know, they're lobbying to get things done. Like, stop... Instead of spending millions and billions of dollars on lobbying, spend it on your employees. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to have a stake in the company, like a real one, like a real co-op situation, not just, well, maybe you can get stock eventually. Oh, okay, good. I got 13 stock <laughs> options in, in Wall- Good, I'll cash that in for $80. It's like, See, the other thing was I, I was trying to play around with cash. So one of the figures that they gave out was... Uh, you they, were trying to play around with yeah, cash. Yeah, play around with cash. So they found it that a, a, a Walmart super center, they... Basically, on average, the public assistance was between three thousand fifteen dollars and five thousand eight hundred fifteen dollars per employee. Yes, uh, at that one center for three hundred. Where is people. this? Wisconsin, right? I don't have exactly what state, but it's it's going to be one of more the Republican states. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go on the. Thing. So let's say four thousand dollars. Per employee, okay, in, 4, a, in employee. a Walmart super center in yeah. Wisconsin. So, so virtually, if you say that you want somebody working forty hours a week, you're giving them a minimum wage federally is seven twenty five, plus the extra four thousand. You're looking at about twenty one thousand dollars, right? About. So, what if we just turned everything into a basic universal income of twenty one thousand dollars and see how the math goes across the board? So everyone starts with twenty one thousand. And then you does everybody, that include health Everybody, insurance? you get born, they give you a screen name, they give you a card, and they go, here's they your- They give you a Facebook and $21,000 Here's your $21,000 a year. I'd sign up for that right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Why not? Because, listen, that frees you up. 
That frees you up a lot. For most of the country is making what? What's the medium income in this country? Matt's gonna look it up. I know I asked that. Like I was like, and who knows it off the top of their head? But yeah. I'm gonna guess the medium in- median income is what, thirty five thousand, thirty seven thousand? I'm assuming uh, it looks like in it's somewhere around fifty one, fifty two. It really really that's uh, what a quick Google says. Hmm. I mean, this is Wikipedia numbers. Yeah, but, but you know them. what? I, I don't trust those numbers. I'm, thinking, I'm surprised by that. But I'm you know what? That's somebody making thirty-two million dollars thrown in there. Well, that well no, but that's not what me- by yeah, that median's not affected. Oh, it's by not. It's You're literally mean. the middle. Oh, the okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, so that's a little higher than I thought. But even still, well, whatever. Or they're never, Joey. They're never just going to give you twenty-one thousand dollars. But right, but these are things that if you weren't just burning it, maybe we could be a little more creative about things that we're willing to try. Even pilot programs, like in Wisconsin. Yeah, give it a shot. Who knows? Worst case scenario, it's good. Otherwise, just stop doing it if it doesn't work. That's fine. Yeah. But we're already just flushing money down the toilet because Walmart refuses to pay its employees. Not to mention, I really would love to see the true figures of all these companies hiding the money. Maybe not the company themselves, but the individuals and all the overseas accounts. They're just sitting there and they can't get it back. Yeah. Well, that's also what Jamie Dimon is talking about. Notice he, he mentions Ireland, different countries that... They they are just stashing offshore. Oh money yeah, they're fucking hiding money, bro. I mean, it's obvious we need tax reform. Right. Well, yeah, but he's well, not for that either, right? Well, What's well, he talking about? And let's not forget how brazenly Walmart is doing all this. That when they hire you, they give you information packets on how to get food stamps. <laughs> that's really? nice. Like, I've seen things. Well, right, because that's their. They're like, this is a tax break for us. This yeah. is corporate welfare right yeah. now. We're saving billions of dollars a year. Six billion dollars. That's nice. Truly absurd, truly disgusting and absurd. Here's what I want to talk about. I got yes. one more quick thing. I just want to mention it because I find it interesting. We got a Trump odds and ends. I don't know if I mentioned it at the top of the show, but we're, we're obviously we're recording in a undisclosed location. A little bit of scheduling issues. I figured it was just easier. It gives us a little more time to stretch out. However, when we're done with this, I wanted to do some emails at the end of the show. I don't think Matt is going to have enough time to do that. So we'll probably take a break after the Trump odds and ends. Okay. We'll take a break. We'll kiss Matt goodbye, and then we will wrap up Joey with the emails at the end of the show. It sounds good, right? I do hugs. I don't do kisses. All right. That's fine. Joey, I was really hoping for that, for that kiss. HBO made an announcement that I'm very excited about. A program called Confederate. Ooh. Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will write and produce following the final season of Game of Thrones, which I think is slated for 2027. Uh, they are going to, and I have the quote from HBO here, the story follows a broad swath of characters on both sides of the Mason-Dixon demilitarized zone. Freedom fighters, slave hunters, politicians, abolitionists, journalists, the executives of a slaveholding conglomerate, and the families of people in their thrall. Set during the lead-up to a third American Civil War Ooh. in which the South won. Huh. Oh, that's very exciting to me. I was hoping, I love alternate history, kind of dystopian future type of things. I was really hoping that the man in the high castle was going to be good. I could not get through the first two episodes. I didn't care for it. I found it ridiculous. The German Nazis who won World War uh, Two would be speaking That's, English. Yeah, that they'd be speaking English. Uh, yeah. No, we'd all be speaking German. But okay, uh, I just couldn't get into it. The Handmaid's Tale, which is fucking terrific, I highly recommend that. Does a better job of creating a kind of dystopian, not kind of a dystopian future. But I love this alternate. Um, history stuff and i gotta assume that hbo is just gonna knock this out of the park as they do with pretty much everything they do so something to look forward to but again this is after game of thrones so this is a few years away but very excited about it quick thoughts on this guys you have any interest uh 
you know what? This is peak television, bro. I can live without it. Stranger Things 2, October 31st. I'm good to go. Okay. Good. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll wait to see what it actually ends up being. HBO does good work, so I expect it will probably... Dude, I yelled at the TV the other night. I was, wa- I was waiting for the Game of Thrones premiere. They're showing all these things. And I'm like, motherfucking H- oh, HBO clock, the clock is the best. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> but also that James Franco uh, show that they have coming out. I don't know what it's called, but it seems like it's going to document porn in the 80s, which seems great. It's like a fictional show. looks terrific. Everything they do, HBO is the best. They're so good. Really great. Terrific. Truly amazing. Uh, Trump odds and ends. You ready for this? Because I want to make sure we get it in while Matt is still yeah. here. Washington Post ABC News poll. Trump has the lowest six-month approval rating of any modern president dating back 70 years. He is at 36%. Here's some other interesting polling numbers from this WAPO ABC News poll. Which do you prefer? This is what I mentioned before. Obamacare, Trump care, neither, or something else. 50% prefer Obamacare. Hey! It's not high enough. That's fine. 50%? Good. Trump care, 24%. Neither or something else, 17%. But again, those people might as well just lock their heads into a, a, a fucking whatever, a trunk. I mean, their head is deep in the sand. Yeah, it's just they don't know what the fuck's going on. Here's some... All right, so those are interesting good numbers, right? I would say people that are more progressive, liberal would like. Here's some bad fucking numbers, and these I think are worse than the good numbers are good. Which do you... Uh, Democrats stand for something... Nope. Or just against Trump? Just against Trump. 52% say they just stand against Trump. Oh. Only 37% say the Democrats stand for something. What's telling? Extremely problematic. That's what we keep talking about. And the numbers are bearing it out. But wait. A Bloomberg poll? Hillary Clinton's popularity numbers. <laughs> Her approval numbers. What are they at? Yes, Joey? Uh, 20. No. It's like... I'm- Somewhere like 35, right? 39%. Okay, yeah. So Hillary Clinton is just slightly more popular than Trump, who's the literally the least popular person, uh, modern president. Now, let me tell you this. Uh-huh. Typically, losing candidates, their approval numbers go up after they run for president and lose. Al Gore? Her, yeah. She's the only one that's gone down. Hey, <laughs> people hate her. Yeah. I'll- and I, listen, I get it. I, I, I don't hate her, but like, she's not a likable person. And that was very obvious from she- day one. Also, let me say this. Wall Wall Street Journal NBC News poll, in Trump counties, 75% of people approve based on his willingness to negotiate to keep jobs in the United States, which you know is not true. We talked about the carrier deal last week. 75% of the people in Trump county still support him. Bad news, Democrats. Better fucking figure out what you actually stand for, what you're actually running on. Now, now I am curious about those Hillary poll numbers, whether six months is too soon to truly judge it, because what... How much is that because she gets blamed a lot for the election loss? She I mean, should be blamed for the yes, election but, loss. Yes, but obviously that's going to... I'm curious. I'm thinking more historically. Like her poll numbers are irrelevant now. She's done in politics. What's the point of poll numbers for her? Well, I'm here, curious how history will see her. Okay, well, here's an article from Slate, and I have a quote here. The, the headline of the article is, Poll, Hillary Clinton is less popular than Trump. Bloomberg's John McCormick writes that uh, interviews with some of those polled suggest that the decline has less to do with Clinton losing than it does with the Democratic Party's identity crisis. Many said they wish Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont had won the Democratic nomination, he writes, or that they never liked Clinton and only voted for her because she was lesser, the lesser of two bad choices. So that's you know kind of the speculation there. 
Now, Joey. Yes. I gave you a little bit of homework. Uh, yes. Oh, but hold on. Before we get into it, uh-huh. we'll close with that. Apparently, Trump and Putin had a second meeting after a dinner at the G20 summit. People are trying to make a big deal about that. I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, I guarantee that Obama had meetings with people that were kind of off the record after a dinner or whatever. I don't find that to be particularly nefarious. The only reason that that is concerning in any regard is because we really don't know what the extent of their relationship is at this point. I mean, but I, I think that's a cry wolf scenario. But in context, it looks... I mean, you have, you have to take it in context. Obama didn't have any any foreign leaders who was said to be in bed in the way that Trump is with Putin, so... Yeah, but, but, but even at the same still... T- at the I same mean, time, I'm sh- I don't think... It, one of the issues is that Trump was using a Russian translator, not an American translator. There's nobody else in the room. I think Obama would always at least have someone well, there. Well, do we know that, though? I mean, who confirmed that? Uh, I mean, everything I was reading was saying that it was a just a... Ru- the only other person in the room was a Russian translator. Well, a Russian I don't translator. Know. Where'd you read that? I, I mean, I, I know you got to know. I, I can't. I forget. I, can't I, mean, I, forget, I, I, look at, I saw enough sources saying that that I was. I know. But, this all right. Well, anyway. But anyway, so I just wanted to make that quick point. I think that's like. All right. We'll see what happens. I was going to say I have a quote for you on the little extra episode that you had me look for. It was an author from the Daily News. Okay. Gunish Kutzman. All right. This is how they feel about Hillary Clinton. Hey, Hillary Clinton, shut the fuck up and go away already. Well, that's, boom. That's stupid. Boom, mean, boom, boom. I mean, she should, right? Just just be quiet for a while. Like, get get out of the... Because she's not doing any good. Well, uh, here's my question. She hasn't changed her message since the loss. Well, well has she done much? No. Since no. then? I haven't... Well, like, no, she hasn't been that out there anyway. But yeah, I mean, I th- don't think she has been trying to take over. When she has been out there, people are like, all right, that doesn't make any sense. Like she still exists, but she's not trying to be involved in democratic politics anymore. No, Look, no. The quintessential question is, does Hillary Clinton represent what a powerful woman is? I don't know. Why is that the quintessential? No, it isn't. I mean, no, it is no, because it if she represented what most people find great qualities well, in most, women, most such as being quiet, supportive, nurturing, and definitely not ambitious, she would be president well, of the United States. Most people are fucking dumb is what I was going to say. That's not true, Joey. No. That just factually doesn't matter. Objectively, Hillary Clinton is an example of a powerful woman, yeah. And... You know, I don't know where you got that that information from, but it's like if Hillary Clinton ran a meek, docile campaign, she wouldn't have won either. If she was meek and docile, she wouldn't be running for president. Well, that's true too. It's that simple. You don't you don't run for president unless you're an ambitious, right? Unless unless you want yeah, you got to be a nut to run for president, man or woman, and probably a little nuttier as a woman because it's obviously an uphill battle. Well, no, it's much more difficult to run as a woman, of course. It's all it's harder in all sorts of industries. Right. Basketball, for example. <laughs> so what do you want her to do then? Like she tried, she failed. So oh, uh, should we be amazed that her numbers are that low then? Well, it is, it is an in- interesting that her numbers are 30 uh, because re- Democrats will rev like oh, they'll bathe in the fact that Trump is at 36%. Well, Hillary, your fucking hero, is at 39%. So I don't think it's, she was anyone's hero. She was just seen as the, no, the, the uh, one to get elected. Uh, false, bro. A lot of people. Fucking America Ferrara. Go, go pull up her stupid blog posts during the, during the campaign. We read them on the show. She was people's actual hero, which, fine. But it was pretty obvious that that wasn't going to work out. And even though it did seem like it was at a certain point, it just there was a lot of fucking warning signs there. That people she was ignored. unpopular with Democrats. She was a hero to a lot of people, though. She was unpopular with, Demo- with a lot of Democrats, though, during the election. A lot of Democrats pretended that wasn't the case during the election, during the you know the primary process. I mean, there's so much infighting that I mean, I did get sick of being just seeing things like, "Oh, Bernie Bros are the worst." Yeah. No, they kind. Of, they just what does that even mean? It's a way of. Am I a Bernie bro? I mean, you were a Jill Stein bro. 
Yeah, but I mean, I was pretty. Uh, I was very heavy in on Bernie. Am I a Bernie? But I don't even know what I fucking still don't know. Because I ignore shit like that. I really do. It's problematic, is it? I sort of read yikes. It, like, I mean, th- people tried to put so many sexist connotations to the term Bernie bro, and just right. say you, oh, it's people who can't vote for Hillary because she's a woman. Right. Well, yeah, like, but they're that you know. that alone got very tiring because. I don't think I'm sexist. I still vote for Bernie. Yeah, of course. Right. I voted for a woman. I just didn't vote for that woman. It's not that I wouldn't vote for a woman. I didn't vote for her. Uh, Joey, we have five minutes, let's say. Five minutes. You know, or less. You don't have to stretch for five minutes. But there was one more thing I wanted you to, to look into a little bit. Just give me the broad strokes on it. Trump's tax reform plan. Yeah, so apparently if he did, a, if we went through the notion and did the tax reform, we would fall... From twenty, we being the United States, the United States of America would fall from being twenty sixth to da 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 fifty ninth. In what? In the index of inequality. Right. So if we did the we're tax tw- wait, cuts, wait. So we're twenty ninth now. Yes. Right. So if we did the tax cuts, and who's doing this analysis? The analysis of it is the Oxfam, yeah, Oxfam right. policy and campaigns okay. and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Where Trump is like the the hero of the you know the average man and people seventy five percent support in Trump counties because he's willing to keep jobs in America even though he definitely fucking isn't. They fired three hundred carrier fired the three hundred thirty eight people last week. Uh, Think about that. His tax plan is so regressive that it actually drops us however many, 29 to 33 spots. 33 spots on the index of inequality uh, based on the Oxfam report. Who are we around as the United States at that point? Who it, are we around now and who would we be around then? Well, I know who we would be around then would be, uh, did you do, I have it here, would be like Peru, Chile, and Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. I was going to say, Sri Lanka doesn't sound like a country I've heard of, but Sri Lanka. Does that sound right to you, that the United States income inequality should be similar to Sri Lanka? When have you ever heard anybody in this country go, you know who we should be more like? Sri Lanka. Lanka. Yeah, I don't think so. Not taking nothing away from Sri Lankans. I'm sure the people are beautiful people, but... Not a culture that we should be trying to emulate, probably. It's disgusting with a or whatever a, income you know uh, inequality wise. With a GDP as high as ours, I think we're the highest GDP in the world, right? It, well, I, we have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like having the highest GDP in the world, and we have that high of inequality. Is no, Germany? No, I think, I think we just because we're. I mean, I think we're just bigger and. Okay. No, I know it's it's disgusting. That's the thing we want to we we simultaneously want to say we're the greatest country in the world for principles that we don't live up to, at all. At all. And that's what's really frustrating, and that's why it's important to highlight this stuff. It makes and your head talk spin about a little. It. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it, what really spins my head is that it's obvious. All the writing is on the wall. Everything is there. Everything's laid out. There's such clear lines between cause and effect. And it's just not a conversation that's being had. And the big part of the reason why the conversation is not being had is because the people that are to blame for this are in control. They, they are in control of our media. They're in control of our politicians. And until we stop that, this will just continue to escalate. It will get worse. And for, for the record, yes, we are number one GDP. Okay. Although Germany is all the way down at four. Who's, it's us, what, China? Uh, all the, they put a European Union in a second if you count that as a country. Oh, but okay. it's uh, China, Japan, Germany. Got it. Um, all right. Good conversation. You guys have anything else to add to this or no? We're good. Time for the break break. 
Yeah, I think we'll take a break. Matt, thank you for your service today. We really appreciate Glad it. He's going to go uh, produce the in J Train podcast in this special spot in this special undisclosed location. Yeah, that's right. Um, and great. So if you want to stick around and listen, we got, we got two emails. They're longer though. Me and Joey will talk about them uh, after the break. If you're not going to stick around, please go on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment on there. We'd really appreciate it. You can also go to SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can leave a comment on the track, and we will sometimes reference it in the program, and we'll definitely respond to those and have a little conversation there. Uh, you can email us, MandatorySamson at gmail.com, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Mansamp. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is, of course, spelled with a Z. And Matt is Matt D. Weiss on Twitter. We love you if you're not going to keep listening, but we love you even more if you are going to keep listening. Stick around. We're going to read emails from the Samsonites. Stay tuned. All right, we are back. It is just me and the OG, my original... Tag team partner on this podcast, Joe. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Oh, can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Okay, relax. Uh, here's what we're going to do. So we, we took a little bit little bit of a break. I had a, a a work phone call. Joey fucked around, ate some chips, waited Twitter till I got check. back. I had a Twitter check and Checked we had his Twitter, Twitter, stole some soda, you know. Oh, wow. Screwing around. Went to the bathroom. Okay, we're back. So here's what I want to do. In the interim, we got a couple of bits of breaking news. Pop culture related, cultural related, we'll talk about in a minute. That's a little bit of a tease. We're going to read the email. Now, we, let me say this. So we had two emails. Matt is not here anymore. Yeah, he is off yonder. He'll be back next week. I have an email here from Andy, and Andy is a, has a chemical engineering degree. Matt has an engineering degree as well. I think we're going to have to save Andy's email for next episode. It just makes more sense for it does, to be here for it because it's a very long, thoughtful email. I don't want to go through it and miss something, whatever. I think it's worth the time. We're just going to put it off for next week. We did get an email from Tamir, and we're going to read Tamir's email now, and then we're going to get to those two bits of breaking news that we just found out about. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Chris, Joey, and Matt. This is from Tamir. He says, so, so happy to get a new episode after the break. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That's very nice to hear. Now that you're feathered, let's get to business. Hmm. I couldn't disagree with Cyprus. More concerning Bernie, the Dem nomination, and the black vote. Last week, we mentioned Cypress, who commented uh, on the episode. We read a few of his comments and, you know, debated them back and forth. If you want to go on MSP 132 on the SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson, you can see the comments that I made back to Cypress. So that, that's continued on, on the SoundCloud page. Tamir is writing in in reference to that. He says, first, I would have voted for Bernie in the general election and still wish that he had gotten the nomination. Me too, man. I didn't have to put aside my, quote, black agenda to do so. <laughs> Many of his policies help the black community, just like it helps all other middle class communities. Second, it seems like Cyprus is making good the enemy of the best when he brings up the race and gender of the candidate. It would, in theory, be best for the Democratic nominee to be a minority or a woman or a minority woman, as it would visually represent the inclusion we want to see in America and its politics. However, that perfect picture candidate doesn't come around every election cycle. Bernie is what is good, which is solid policies in the packaging of an old white man. And I would say, let me say this, mm -hmm. he's better than good. Forget the package for a second. I mean, his policies are better than anybody else that was running. For all communities, Absolutely. as Tamir is saying. But okay. 
It may not be aesthetically on message, but the substance of the candidate is what is more important. Forcing a candidate with all the nice shiny packaging with little substance inside the sake, uh, for the sake of appearance is stupid. I will put it this way. My dad bakes and sells cakes as a side hustle, and they are fantastic. Nice. I bet they are. They are handmade from scratch with select ingredients, and when he sells the cakes, he puts the cake in a generic white cake box. When you go to a grocery store to buy the same pound cake or chocolate cake, it comes in much flashier packaging designed to catch the eye, sell you on how great the cake is, and what exactly is in the cake, no matter how superficial or insignificant the ingredient is. The difference between the two, the reason why the people who buy from my dad instead of the grocery store isn't the packaging, but the quality of the actual cake my dad baked is better than the store-bought cake. It would be best if the cakes my dad made uh, came in the same flashy packaging that the store-sold cakes are in, but it is still good that the generic box holds the superior cake. You don't have to know what exactly is in it uh, to taste that it consists of what you're looking for. The candidate we need is like my dad's cake. They want it to look like what you think they should or oversell you on their dedication to the black community or women or the LGBT, LGBT community because once you see what's inside that boring box, you'll smell it. When you cut into them to see what's in their policy, you'll taste it. But you have to care enough about what we are actually here for, the sweet cake that is progressive policy to open the box. We've already seen how the super average Hillary cake in the exceedingly flashy Clinton establishment Dem box nice. doesn't play well in America's table. Time to buy the great cake in the plain box. I'm rambling, so hopefully this makes some sense. And no, this isn't an ad. It might not be an ad, but I'll tell you what. It makes sense. You should send some cake over here. And all I'm going to say is... Sounds good. It's baked into the cake, Chris. He's absolutely right. Well, I like what he's saying. I like the point. And that, that is the... You know, I mean... Again, not to, to belabor this point, or to like harp on Cyprus or whatever, who I do appreciate listening to the show and commenting, of course. It's about who can win at this point. Do you really think that Donald Trump or any Republican candidate at this point is better than... Bernie Sanders or whoever the Democrats are going to run. You're going to have to make that choice. But it's not like appeasing racists or something to, to vote for Bernie Sanders, an old white man or whatever. You're better off having him in office, especially when you dig into the policy. You might not like the way that like a 70-something-year-old uh, white dude from, from Brooklyn and now you know Vermont is saying things, but rest assured the policy is way stronger than you know, what is being represented on the Republican side. And I would argue uh, as far as what Hillary Clinton was representing. Like when Hillary Clinton, ah, whatever, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But anyway, so I appreciate the email from Tamir. I think this is a conversation we're going to continue to have. Um, yes. And I think it's an important conversation to have. We're not arguing. We're, we're having a conversation. I think it's good. And, and a great point with the white box, the policies that Democrats should be putting forward speak for themselves. Well, you don't need some of them, flashy. one of them. Okay, so one of them. It's not a yeah, one of them. We've been talking relentlessly about how the Democrats do not have a plan, and that Bernie Sanders is an independent; he's not a Democrat. So we'll see what he does. But I think the Democrats and generally left-leaning progressives are are too quiet here, man. They need to they need to get out there and really be beating the drum for single-payer healthcare. That is the issue. In addition to first and foremost, getting money out of politics. That's it. Andy, we appreciate your email. We are going to read it next week, but I think it just makes more sense for Matt to be here. You sent Absolutely. a bunch of links. It, it just, it, okay, we'll talk about it next week. Now, let me tell you this. We got two bits of breaking news. Joey, what do you want to go with first? Great news or sad news? We're going to go with the sad news first. 
because of the musical contributions that this young man had. Let me say this. Linkin Park, their first album, probably listened to it, I mean, God knows when that came out, but I was young. Yeah. That's a great album. That first Linkin Park album is really a fusion of, you know, r- rap and rock and metal and kind of like, you know... A little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. And I really enjoy that first album. It's actually a great album, top to bottom. Uh, Linkin Park's been a, you know, a band for however long. They've had achieved quite a bit of success. Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Linkin Park, we just found out, committed suicide at the age of 41. Yeah, it's a he shame. He struggled with substance abuse, depression, um, and he killed himself in his private residence in Los Angeles County, California. 41 years old. Just, it's sad. Oh, Hybrid Theory was the name of that first album. That's right. Yeah. Arguably one of the best albums ever. Top 100, I would have to say. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, about shit like that. But it's definitely a great album, top to bottom, I think. And holy shit, their second album sold 27 million copies. I didn't realize that. Meteora? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, though, man. Like so that's the- Platinum 27 times, right? Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's gone fucking Diamond twice, plus seven times Platinum. That success, let me tell you this, it just goes to show you no matter how much money you have, how much success you have, you can still have problems. And especially depression is a motherfucker, man, that gets you. We just saw it it with uh, Chris Cornell, too. It's like you, no matter what, it's an imbalance in your brain, right? It's a mindset, and you feel stuck in that way. And if you get too low at a certain point, obviously, like he, he did... Uh, and potentially, you know, substances could be involved. Who knows? But, um, you know, he just couldn't outrun it, which is sad. And 41 years old, I guess, you know. Not even middle-aged. No. Well, you Not don't even know. close. Well, at 20, he was middle-aged then, it turns out. You don't really know that until somebody dies. But yeah. he survived by, wow, six kids and his wife. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. What's interesting, I mean, not... You know, to like jump right on this, but be interesting to see what goes on with Lincoln Park. If they're going to try to replace him, if they're going to do this or that. You know, that's a conversation later down the road, obviously. Well, because the the one thing I w- I've been looking at is the Blinking Park was supposed to be them and Blink One Eighty Two. They were supposed to be putting on a show, right? Either in July or August, and I was looking forward to doing that because those were two huge bands when I was growing up. Yeah, of course. I was. Uh yeah, I don't know. I've recently just started doing this, uh, like where I'll go on YouTube sometimes and I'll just type in a band name and then go to the related videos and go to this yeah. and watch some live videos. You know, it's fun. It's just like a relaxing thing to do, which I don't normally do, but I've been doing it recently. And I just happened last week to watch Linkin Park with Travis Barker, like guest drumming with them. And, you know, I was like, ah, they're good, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those things. And now, uh, you know, this pops up. So sad. Um, you know, thoughts go out to his family. And him, you know, it's like hopefully he's in a, uh, you know, a better, you know, everybody says it's a cliche thing, better place, but whatever. It's like if, if, you know, it got to that point, then it it is what it is. But sad to say. Now for the good news. (laughs) At 70 years old, Chris, what is happening? Orenthal James the Juice Simpson has been paroled. OJ out of jail after nine years uh, for a botched robbery to try to steal his own stuff back that he auctioned to pay for his legal defense in the murder trial. In 1995. Wow, OJ. Simpson smiled as the four commissioners announced 
They're ruling one by one. He bowed multiple times after the 4 nothing decision was announced. The juice is on the loose. Who's going to die? How do we feel about this? You think OJ did it, buddy? I was a kid. I was. You were is, watching it right after Power Rangers. It used no, to be I the never Power watched, Rangers and the OJ absolutely trial. Absolutely not. I never watched Power Rangers. That's <laughs> nope. not true. Okay, that's fine. 1994, great year for me, great year of my life. The New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup. Then this whole thing went on. I mean, wrestling. I was watching pro wrestling at the time. Gold Dust was a big deal. This shit intertwined. This is like a big part of my life. <laughs> I watched a lot of that trial. My mom would watch it. I didn't go swimming or whatever, come in. We watched the OJ trials. like good, clean fun. Uh, <laughs> good, clean fun. Somebody's head got cut off. Poor um, Judge Ito. Judge Ito, the whole thing. Molly, my wife, was watching the, uh, you know, the E! Network or whoever the hell did like the miniseries recently. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she she never watched it because she's a year younger than me, so she was you know I guess wasn't paying attention. She just missed it. She's watching this thing and she's asking me questions. I'm like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden, and then you got Furman, who's the racist. He dropped the end. She's like, how the fuck do you know? I'm like, F. Lee Bailey. I'm naming the yeah. dream team. Yeah, F. Lee Bailey. That. All these people. She's like, how the fuck do you know this? And I'm like, Marcia, I watched right? it. Yeah, Marsha Marcia. Clark. Yeah, yes. Clark. Uh, O.J. Free. So now it's interesting to see. I got to be honest with you, man. Found not guilty. Okay. From what I've seen, I don't think O.J. did it. I mean, he might have did it, but shit, they did not prove it. So my question now is, how does he start to put his life back together? Because he obviously needs anger management, and the question is, well, first has the, he been re- rehabilitated? Uh, rehabilitated? The first yes. thing O.J.'s got to do is get on a podcast. Oh, my God. Right, he's got to go on the Rogan podcast. He's got to do something, because... I want to hear, I mean, fuck, Juice. I want to hear this story. Do we want to take bets on what podcast he does first? It wasn't me. I don't think he's going to do shit. I think that just, well, I, also, I, how much money does OJ? He's got to be broke, right? I don't think he has anything left because I think that was what the whole about I'm going to get my trophies back was about. Well, I think that was just sort of like, man, he got through, he went through a lot. So he just wanted to go get his stuff. Yeah, wow, that's so crazy. I don't know. Interesting, but OJ's free. This just when you think things can't get weirder, OJ, a free man. Well, think about this. Th- these two stories is going to dominate the news cycle. Trump well, is going to do Bennington, something. Chester Bennington's not going to dominate the news oh, cycle. Oh, it's good. It's, uh, no. it, well. it already got diminished by this. Oh, man, that's horrible. I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but that's how it works. All right. This well, is a big deal. Well, at least we don't have to worry about Trump for the next three days, unless if he has something planned. Congratulations to O.J. Simpson, one of the most <laughs> prolific murderers. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, though, that's the thing, man. If O.J. was found not guilty, not guilty. He didn't do it. Right? Yes, correct. This he did. This is sad. It's just a crazy thing. I, w- I, would, ki- I would sacrifice you to find out whether he did it or not. Like, definitively? Oh, my God. You're going to sacrifice me? How could he have done it? Well, the glove didn't fit, so that was what that whole thing was about, right? I still have my, in my queue of documentaries. Oh, Johnny Cochran's fucking dead, too, bro. He is. I don't know why he got a curse, but yeah. He didn't get to see this. He didn't get to see OJ be a free man. He's seen it. For the it. second time. He's seen it. He's, He's seen it. it. Uh, let me tell you this. Yeah. In my documentary queue, I got the OJ Made in America six-part. I'm still waiting to watch that, but that's probably next. I watched the Defiant ones on HBO. It's a four-part documentary about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, their rise to, a bi- you know, selling Beats for a billion dollars or whatever, three billion dollars. Oh, Beats is in the uh, headphone company. Yeah, what a fucking brilliant documentary! 
I highly, I mean, stop what you're doing. Stop listening to this and go watch The Defiant Ones on HBO. Unbelievable. So goddamn good. Just great. Really good. And I also watched a documentary, and we'll close with this, called Merchants of Doubt. It's about the guys that helped spin the cigarette company's story for decades, convincing people that cigarettes weren't bad for you. Meanwhile, obviously they are. They now work on climate change denial, and they've pulled the same bullshit uh, to try to trick people into thinking that climate change is not a real thing. Obviously it is. I have watched many documentaries in my day that make me angry. This one, I actually thought, maybe I should go find one of these people and kidnap them and torture them. Who? I hate what? These, I hate these people so much. The people well, you just, hear it all first, people. I'm not really going to do it, all right? <laughs> but I really got so angry, I started thinking, like, what can be done to these people specifically that, like, they deserve punishment. They're just terrible, terrible people. Watch Merchants of Doubt. Unbelievable. <laughs> you got anything else to say, Joe, before we wrap up here? No, I just, you know, again, Chester's in our minds, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, great, great job. Yeah. All right, we already did our plugs. Again, I'm at Mansab on all social media platforms. Joey's at Joey from Jersey. We will not see you next week, but we'll definitely talk to you. And uh, that's it. Till then, have a good time. <laughs>